0: Hi. Hi podcast. Oh, the same guys as usual. Did someone order 90 episodes of
1: guys talking about the NBA? A bulk episode? <laughs> a bulk Somebody order. Somebody went
0: to Costco and got uh, a
2: <laughs> bulk order episode.
1: A Sam's Club gasoline amount of episodes.
0: <laughs> oh, we love it. Folks, we got a we got a corker of a guest for Big 90.
1: First off, happy Halloween wow yeah. cheers cheers and spooky spooky tidings stop stop what you're doing give us five spooky stars <laughs> give us five jack-o'-lanterns give us five ghosts and jack-o'-lanterns uh, mike what'd you dress up as uh right now i'm dressed up um as the uh, as adam of silver because <laughs> i'd like to issue a formal a formal apology oh good. uh on Let's the get podcast this out of the way Yep. So last uh, episode, we mistakenly referred to Mike Brown as deceased when he is actually the coach of the Sacramento. <laughs> I think Kings. we
2: said he died. Now, what
1: I, I remember, <laughs> I feel like we were playing the game of which coaches
0: are active and have won a ring. I thought I said that he hadn't won a ring, but I guess we said he's not an active he's, coach. I think
2: he won a ring. I
0: thought. I don't know,
2: did anyone actually re-listen to that and figure it out? I never will. I refuse yeah, to listen I'm to this stupid to that, podcast, but
0: I, and I discourage everyone else from listening. I swear you I'm swear. i just so. trying to set
1: the journalistic record straight here so we can maintain That's true. some integrity. That's Mike good. Brown is indeed a coach, and he did not indeed pass away. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so long
0: live Mike. Um, The, and the Mike. good one. The coach one, not the, not the third Mike. And the, and the senior correspondent. <laughs> Fine. Okay, fair we obviously oh, we have a sense. great guest that we're going to uh turn it over to in a sec but we the you know first week of friggin hoops happened there's a bunch of stuff to talk about i do want to say in bummer news anthony simons is out a month uh who else mm-hmm. got injured deer and fox shouldn't be out too long but that's a bummer i know spider missed a couple games it's indefinitely for deer and fox oh yikes okay so maybe that's more serious like two hours uh, Jimmy Butler said, "I think he has tendonitis. He said it's not that serious. So keep an eye out on your stars, on your favorite franchise players, and their injuries." What you got? What are you guys' uh, quick takeaways or thoughts about this new season of ours?
1: Wacky, it's starting pretty wacky, wacky and wild, um, spooky mainly. Yeah, it was really spooky. <laughs> uh, I am. I mean, the Harden news that we'll talk about here with our guest in a minute, uh, obviously big breaking news. It was was kind of, I don't know, it was weird because I was already noticing, like, people were talking about he was mysteriously kind of disappeared for a few games. And, like, the NBA was investigating if he violated a policy. And, like, Uh I I think that trade was already underway before it got leaked and they didn't want to have him necessarily, like, traveling and, and whatever else with the team. Um, and fun fact, I learned this, he was actually fined a $100,000 for when he told that crowd of Chinese children that he hated (laughs) Daryl (laughs) Mori.
0: Oh, hey, there was no hate. He's just, he's just a liar. He doesn't hate it. Oh, you're right. He's just a liar and he'll never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. But that is hilarious. And I guess, you know, fair. That's probably not a precedent you want to start of just like, oh, we can, Make statements to a camp full of Chinese children, and then
1: and then we get traded. You could just say whatever you want, but I don't know. It's been exciting. Opening opening night, opening week. There was you know some Dame time already. First time in in Milwaukee versus Embiid uh, as a buck. I mean, he it was had pretty cool to see, a, see yeah. reverse
2: Dame time. He, he he did goose egg. Was that the first or second, second game? Second or third? He second? had an
0: over, and it was brutal. He had
2: like six points and like thirty shots.
0: Uh, but hopefully he's coming back in true to form yeah, he'll be fine here shortly which they, they are fun to watch i I've probably seen more i think I've seen two and a half bucks games it's probably the team I've seen the most um Steph coming out of the gates unreal blue, blue, blue. leading the league in fourth quarter points and he's like 27th in fourth quarter minutes play like they he's he's still dominating but they they have to bench him <laughs> in the last like eight minutes because they keep blowing everyone out. Mike, you had a really hard-fought dub over the magic your Lakers Oof. did last night, yes, sir. And <laughs> it was a it was a nail biter. And then they had a brutal overtime L to the Kings, yes, sir, where Bron and I guess it was Delo had a miscommunication on the inbounds. Delo cut a different way, and Bron just launched it
1: in out of bounds. I, you know, I have seen Lakers are already giving me. Uh, uh, acid reflux like first few games yeah. of the season. Even though, what, I guess we've split it two and two now, two two wins, two losses. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, you know, as I'm really, I am liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking the construction of the team. But, yes, a lot of weird brawn turnovers. I think that's kind of just I don't know. It's a little bit par for the course, but then some of them seem weird. I'm hoping it's just like early season jitters, whatever, as they're working out like sure. offenses and yeah. And, uh, like the idea that you don't just throw stuff into the crowd for no reason.
0: Right. If you can avoid that, especially after you already traded Russ, like you're supposed to have gotten rid of that problem. Right.
1: And it's, I don't know. There's that, you know, playing the sons without Beale and Booker, uh, that, uh, you know, that was interesting, but I kind of wanted to share those other guys on the floor too. It was, yeah. you know, a little weird seeing Frank Vogel there on the other bench. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's good. been horrifying. Um, I've only thrown up four times, so <laughs> good. only uh, it's seventy-eight more to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Uh, I uh, we did talk with Seth about uh, the Knicks a good amount, so I'll I'll keep this short. Except for a classic, depressing come into MSG and set a record. Kristaps uh, Porzingis, former Nick, scored the most points in NBA history by a player. Uh, making a franchise debut against the team that drafted nah. them.
1: <laughs> so wow.
0: no one has ever cucked their drafted team in NBA history <laughs> in over seventy five years impressive than he did to us. And he really has proven me wrong so far. Again, I never I never said Porzingis is trash or anything, but I was like I so, I don't know if he can keep it together and like can play aggressively he's with his never body. Played? Against the Knicks. Well, he's never played.
2: Does it just count it? as many times as you hop teams?
0: Yeah, maybe it reset. Rack up. Obviously, Wemby watch everyone is doing. He looks nice. That first game, he got in early foul trouble, but he was still making an impact when he could. Spurs were up two on the Mavs until two minutes left. Kyrie hits a three. Then a bunch of goofy back-to-back turnovers, and Luka hit... Uh, fade fadeaway three with two defenders including Weminyama like right in his face. Very wild uh debut for Luca, who's I think Luca and Steph are just coming out of the gates maybe the hottest. And the la- the last thing I had is shouts out to DeJounte Murray. I don't know if you guys caught his stat line against the Timberwolves I think last night, maybe two nights ago. No He had his career high forty one points Seven boards, five assists. He went 17 for 24 from the field, which is crazy. Damn. The Hawks were down. Shouts out. The Hawks were down 21 points to the Timberwolves. They erased that deficit. And not only that, but then they blew out the Timberwolves. Like, I think they went from down 21 to like up 18. It was just. Ah. I don't know if it's. I think it was clearly more like the Hawks got fired up, but obviously you also have to completely collapse defensively. To let that happen, so pretty wild. God damn. Any any other uh, first impressions or vibes, dude? Uh, you got a chance to see your your
2: horn dogs. Yeah, play? we're ass, but ah. I, I knew I knew we'd win the first game. Called that. Lost Cheers. the next two. Called that. So. Still Basically, just, I'm gonna start dropping lines, dropping betting lines down for people to follow. Yeah, true. As long we as I get be- a little cut. Join
1: our gambling Discord. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> yes, have a freaking true. gambling ring. It's a thousand dollars in entry. We will create a gambling Discord. We will make Don's parlay picks. You can bet the opposite of each pick
0: I make, and probably probably earn a earn a killing. I did, so far, I'm one for one this season. I bet the under yeah. on the Bucks heat game, and I, the under was at 236.5 points, and the end score for both teams was 236. So Ooh, as close brilliant. as you can cut it, as close <laughs> as you can cut it
1: without getting cocked. And I saw uh, you won a whole $8, which, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, huge that's money. It. That's a one, sm- like, small burrito. Yeah, they call me Moneybags Don. Uh, Stephen, Stephen A has been ranting on Anthony Davis, which has been interesting, uh. especially, well, it started off just the second half of opening night versus the Nuggets. Uh, I uh. Think he had a, he had an O for half, uh, but there's just been a continuing storyline around. It's. I mean, it's the same thing, really, that we always argue about on the Lakers for the last. This couple needs, seasons. To now, like, it needs to be AD's team now. Needs be AD's team now. Bron is a thousand years old. He yeah, should yeah. be resting. AD should be scoring seventy five points a game and right. should be Will Chamberlain and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I mean, I'm whatever. I'm dismissing it, but it I, it's mostly because I'm just tired of the conversation. But it sure, is like. Sure. It is important and it is very real, like all it's these a valid, things need to happen. It's just it's like, a valid come, thing for uh, yeah. future success of the Lakers. Definitely. But he's been he's been playing well. Um True. He's been playing well and he played in all I think he played in every preseason game or almost every preseason game and he's played all the games so far. So I mean
0: on track for M V P on track for all the accolades.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping he's got that chip on his shoulder that says like, you know, let me play seventy games this year, seventy five games. Um yeah. And yeah, that's what we need. Uh, I also found out this is just a interesting tidbit too. This dude Jordan Goodwin on the Suns. Um he's from Centerville, Illinois, so kind of extended St. Nah, Louis area. I don't nah. know if you call that. <laughs> we no. don't accept that. No. I was hoping <laughs> I was hoping, <laughs> I, I, was hoping <laughs> if, I was all right, I don't all right. Wrong side but- of the river. <laughs> he did play, he did play with at least okay, he's closer closer. He played with Bradley Beal in AAU and then he played oh, at nice, St. So he is okay, St. Louis cool. area. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll rep that. Yeah, we'll take oh, wow. it. <laughs> so, barely, that's ours. <laughs> Fucking barely. That's Don't mess now. it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so keep
0: a lookout for for that guy, folks. <laughs> what was his name again? Uh, Jordan, Goodwin.
2: Jordan, Jordan, Goodwin. Goodwin. Jordan
0: Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin. Shouts out. Cheers to J. Dot. So, come on the come on the show. Any closing thoughts I, before I gotta, we turn this over to ourselves? I, I got a interview. couple quick,
2: quick things here. Um, since Mike brought up LeBron, real quick, his. I guess first game of his career, October 29th, 03. October 29th of this year, we're going to run through the stats. Okay. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists in 2003. Uh-huh. It is 20 years later, he puts up 27, 15, and 8. God. Uh 12 for 20 on field goals in 03, 11 for 19 in 23. Ugh. So Unbelievable. Pretty fucking crazy on that. And then somewhere in the comments of where I saw this, it said that it, it's going to be weird looking back and saying that Braun played against like Reggie Miller and Wimbenyama yeah. in like 40 years or something. Yeah. That's and then I kept insane. looking and it, it said that Reggie Miller played against Braun and Kareem and Kareem played against Koozie. So it's like one of those, like how many oh handshakes are you yeah. away from?
1: Yeah. Like to get back to it's the It's one of those original. things like how Abraham Lincoln was actually friends with like John Mayer or whatever. like <laughs> Yeah. Those exactly <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> yes. Little known um, fact,
0: folks.
2: But I thought that was cool. And then one more thing, I think this is. But did you guys see that Kim K and the NBA collabed with
0: Skims? Yes. Uh, honestly, kind of a uh, fu to the WNBA. I feel like that's a that would be a cool oh, brand bro. synergy thing she too. She She
2: made their uniforms, and they all came out fucking <laughs> tight. Not necessarily <laughs> that, but came out skimmy like, dipping.
0: I mean, the the brand cohesion makes more sense, and it would be a cool way to to help grow that already exponentially growing market but but still cheers get yeah, your bag cam big ups. and adam kind of hate see, but that's okay did you see the picture of her standing next to adam silver mm-hmm. just cheesing <laughs> it's
2: great and then i got a couple fun fun little season spooky season names i came up with oh everybody yeah. brace yourself let's we're, go we're gonna we're gonna start with they're really fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start with the uh nba teams i came up with uh-huh um pretty in house except for you, Sheldon. I couldn't figure one out for you LA Crystal Lakers cuz you know Camp Crystal Lake with all right is well, that a, one didn't land is but, that a horror movie the folks at home oh uh, i think it's i think it's freddy it might be jason oh, nice. but it's, okay. yeah it's one of the slasher camp crystal lake they go and get fucked up um <laughs> all right horrifying but and then good. this <laughs> this one has two options you have either the charlotte murder hornets or ah. the charlotte Horror nits. <laughs> <Horror. laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Oh, um, and good. then a couple names, and then I got tired and couldn't think of any more. But we have Boo Door. <laughs> 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 Fuck Boo Door. <laughs> that's great. And then uh, Daniel Haunted House yeah. Junior. So <laughs> a lot of fun with those. A lot of Incredible. fun with the start of the season here.
1: That's a blast. <laughs> that's a blast shouts out on spooky season for the untitled boys folks we hope you had a, sp- a spooky
0: halloween and uh <laughs> obviously we did
1: <laughs> <laughs> go watch uh go watch how to make a basket and uh listen uh, to us talk to mr seth rosenthal beautiful take it away How you been since we, uh, since we last talked, Seth, we last, we last talked in March, I think of like earlier, earlier oh, this year.
3: I was deep in the shit in March. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you had a, you had a one month old at the time. We talked about how you were watching the Knicks in the middle of the night.
3: <laughs> yeah. Fuck man. Dark times. Uh, well now I have a <laughs> nine month old, which a means I kept the kid alive that whole time. Cheers. To shout out. out. Oh, shout Amazing. Out shout out to your boy uh <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well i am definitely in better shape than i was last time you spoke to me Fuck.
0: sleep schedule back to like relatively normal human hours or
3: eh, you know better than it was in march but yeah fair and uh
1: is it is it cool to see how large and famous we've gotten since your last <laughs> yeah how does that on the show how does that feel for you to see <laughs>
3: It's extremely exciting. I feel like I got in on the ground floor, and now right, that totally. the, now that this IP has generated multiple movie <laughs> franchises, I feel—I mean, yes. I feel like I'm owed royalties at some point. Yeah, exciting.
0: that no, that's fair. We're featured in the featured in the Spider Verse and uh, <laughs> New York Times profiles. It's doing well, but but yeah, we're we're happy to have you back. Um, I guess we can we can probably just kind of jump right in if you're good to go. Yep, ready whenever. Our first repeat guest, I think. Happy to have him here. Uh, you know his work from Secret Base and uh, an exciting new series that we're looking forward to talking to you about. We have uh, Seth Rosenthal
3: on the pod. Welcome back. Hello, I'm so excited to be the first second time guest. Yeah. Does that absolutely. mean all the other guests were so badly behaved that you didn't have them back? Yeah, They're right we've, in- we've invited yes. no one back. <laughs>
1: You were the only one that didn't just absolutely
3: tank the pot. That you got all right. Well, all right. my my goal is to not get invited back for a third time. <laughs> okay. Right. So we accept that challenge.
0: No three-peats. Um, well, this is – I think uh, – I don't know if you have any initial thoughts on this, but just because it's kind of hot off the presses as of 1 a.m. last night, maybe we kick this off with the, with the trade of the season so far. Um, James Harden finally – uh, whined and complained, I guess, his way to the Clippers, <laughs> got what he wanted. Um, according to Woj, Sixers are sending Harden, PJ Tucker, uh, Philippe Protrusive to the Clippers in exchange for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Batum, KJ Martin, a twenty-eight unprotected first-round, two second-round picks, twenty twenty-nine pick swap that will be routed to a third team. Uh, so big ol' upheaval for for two of those teams uh, any any initial thoughts on on
3: them making this move i really want to like come in hot with a bunch of really strong opinions about Filip uh, Petrosev, but yeah uh, <laughs> no i i mean one wonders if like james harden has kind of trying been trying to get to la the whole time and yeah. mm-hmm. all of these trade demands have been like here's my list of teams but really i want to go to la uh-huh. And now fi- now finally he's home. I don't know. It's cool. I want to see James Harden play. I know that's like a weird thing to yes. say. but like, I'd rather the basketball players just be playing basketball and that all the teams have all their guys. It's cool for the Clippers to have a bunch of LA dudes. I think uh-huh. that's like a fun, interesting wrinkle. I think it's fun and hilarious that Furkan Korkmaz wanted to be in the trade and both teams were like, uh-uh. You <laughs> I think that's cool. I think that like for the Sixers – this means that Tyrese Maxey can fully settle into a role of shooting a yes. fucking million yeah. times a game, yep. which yes. is what he should be doing. And that's awesome. And I think it, it, it just, every, everyone should be pleased with this. And so now we get to move on. And it happened quickly. And I, I, I think it's, you know, not that I particularly want good things for the Sixers or Clippers, but as a fan of sure. the NBA, like, yeah, fine, good. This is settled. Now we can move on
0: definitely yes, good yes. to go to get it out of the way especially early like stop the bleeding because you know every extra game like you said every extra game where you're where Harden either doesn't show up or is just sitting in plain clothes like that just it doesn't feel right it's nice to yeah. nice to have him happy it's
3: ugly it is like there will be lineups in LA that have Russ and yeah. Harden and Paul George and Kawhi and that's really and then also yeah. like it's cool that it'll be those four guys all you know la stars and yeah. then the four and then like if it's a Zubats, you know like yeah that, <laughs> that,
0: that yeah. was that was my first reaction was going like this would be indiscernible like if you see all the four of those guys out on the clippers it looks like an all-star team like circa 2017 19 and probably even now and then there will just be like Plumley out there at the final yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to be funny to see but uh I would be remiss if we didn't briefly discuss the uh, the start of the Knicks' season. Get your get your thoughts on that. Um, Emmanuel quickly, uh, I guess, opted that we opted to not re-sign him or or give him his flowers, and he's looking kind of like the most competent, <laughs> effective player we have. Um, any thoughts on kind of the Brunson Randall super slow start? I know we're shooting, I think, 66% from the free throw line and should have won, should have beat the Celtics that opening That's night game. Crazy.
2: I
1: want to toss in one one more stat to add to, to Nick's corner oh while you guys kick it off. <laughs> yeah, and it's not going. out of hate. It's just it, because it's interesting. Julius Randle, 5 for 22 <laughs> in the opener. Uh, but despite all this, Nick's, everyone's talking Nick's, the third best team in the East.
3: So, okay, yeah, sure. because, I mean, pretty small sample size. That's obviously, crazy. I'm just saying that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's going to be one of those things, by the way. I like, I feel like I saw Bobby Marks pick the Knicks to be third or like make the uh-huh. finals or some shit. That's going to be one of those things that, are, you know, April will roll around and the Knicks will be whatever. Not as good as people expected scrapping right. for a lower playoff seat, whatever it might be. Maybe they fucking miss the playoffs and everyone's going to be like Knicks fans had this team going to the finals. It wasn't yeah. us. <laughs> It yep. wasn't us. It was the smart people. I would never pick the Knicks to go to the finals or like be third in the. No season. Knicks fans would ever
0: would ever give you that confident of, of a take.
3: Absolutely but, not. Um, but we're but still I gonna be know. blamed for it. Yeah, but as far as those guys, like the Knicks have a streaky cast of characters, and like you know, one of the, Randall's gonna pick it up at some point. He's been passing yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm less with Randall. It's very rarely his stats for me. It's always just like body language. It's Attitude. like he yes, he totally. has been actually passing the ball and like defending okay and stuff. He just kind of like keeps dragging around and people look mad at him yeah. and that always bothers me. Yeah. Um, with Brunson, like I don't know, he's tired. He played all summer. I'm not. He had a bad start last year too. It's easy to That's forget, true. but like he had a couple dog-ass games in October and November of (laughs) right of uh 22 and like obviously that didn't matter at the end of the season not worried about him at all sure and like Barrett has shot the ball well he's usually the guy who comes out of the gate shooting like 0 for 73 so (laughs) you know like in by next week Randall will have a game where he hits nine threes and RJ Barrett will shoot two of 20 quickly will fall off but Grimes will hit seven threes in a game like I, they have looked like absolute dog shit and been competitive in all three games they played. So, like, yep. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is.
0: Well, that's a I I appreciate that take. That helps me uh, feel less pessimistic. But I think you're right. I mean, like, so many guys who can just have an incredible game and then right afterwards just have a terrible game. Like, there does not seem to be a lot of, like, consistency. But I do think— the Brunson stuff, I'm I'm especially not not worried about. I think
3: he'll he'll kind of come back and, to form. And vice versa, like I, you know, Mitchell Robinson is perfectly capable of fouling yeah. so much that he only plays 17 minutes in a game, or yeah. or looking terrible, or shooting awfully from the free throw line, whatever. But like he's been awesome. He's been nearly yeah. perfect yeah. in the first three games. So, you know, uh, the guys zag and zag and when some zig the others will zag and like we've had a bit of both already right um oh and you asked about quickly too like i don't know i mean they're probably going to trade him someday aren't they like i'm just not It not too
0: true to to nick's form to kind of like thumb your nose at the player that maybe ends up being (laughs) the most like having the most longevity and
3: i really like emmanuel quickly and i would have been perfectly happy with them paying him to stick around and indeed like making him just you know what it really is for me it's i have a I have a big rj barrett problem what yeah, i really want is. is for him to not be on the team yes and what i really my i think my problem that prevents me from attaching to either quickly or quentin grimes is that i love both of them right and as right. long as long as rj barrett is going to be a you know a locked in part of the knicks which you know it isn't objectively a bad move i just don't really like him sure uh, Like, either Quickly or Grimes is not going to get paid long term. Yeah, yeah. And I would hate to lose both of them, but I do think you got to probably pick one with RJ there. And I am not totally opposed to that guy being Grimes instead of Quickly.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, both guys just have have flashes where you go, man, if if there was more consistency for them to kind of get in a rhythm over the length of a season, not like a game, uh, yeah, I, I I would be happy either way. I do, I agree with you. I think Barrett is the one that it seems like we've been the most staunchly, <laughs> like he's going to stay on the team and I would pick him third out of those three, but um, yeah, me too. we'll definitely have to see. And some, you know, we, the Hawks are looking better than I expected and we, we edged them out. And the Celtics, again, like I said, I think we should have won that if we could hit free throws. So it's not as, it's, it's a start there's a record that looks better than i think the team actually does when you watch them on the floor so we'll have to keep an eye out on them but uh i think let's let's dive into the meat and potatoes here you've got a new series through secret base how to make a basket we all we all watched the first episode i got i got to see uh uh, pieces of this second episode that just came out yeah i was gonna
1: say i'm i'm we're all pretty pissed that the second episode dropped right before you came on the <laughs> yeah. show. We right. didn't have time to prep that. Very rude. <laughs> yeah, go go ahead, Sheldon. But yeah, I um,
0: obviously it's kind of the perfect material for, I don't would you describe this as maybe like a long form beef history? Maybe just give us a, a, a taste of like what, what this is in
3: your mind. Yeah, that's a good question, and that is answerable. I think so. You know, for years we have done this series, Beef History. We've done hundreds of episodes uh, about feuds between athletes or whatever. Uh-huh. And for the whole time we've been doing it, people have been like, "Okay, when are you going to do the Shaq and Kobe one?" And the thing I have always said mm-hmm. is, "I'm not doing that until they let me make a movie." I want sure. You know, I, you know, yeah. beef histories. I yes, like this is long form. Beef histories are usually I don't know mid form, short form. They're like, ten to twenty minutes, uh-huh. and I, I do not want to tell the entire story of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, especially after Kobe's death.
0: Yes, in yeah, yeah.
3: fifteen in fifteen or twenty minutes, and so, I, I actually was gonna do this last year but my wife was pregnant and I was about to take parental leave. And I was just like dealing with all that stuff. And I told our executive producer, I'm like, I can't think about this right now. And so he's like, all right, as soon as as you get back from leave, you're doing Shaq and Kobe. And so that was my, I walked back in the door after being gone for five months and was like, all right, time to deal with like the thorniest topic I have ever done. Yeah, it's
0: time to dive (laughs) in.
3: But so I definitely started to approach it as, okay, here's the Shaq and Kobe beef history. And I think it's not that they didn't have a feud; they obviously did. Uh-huh. Um, it's that beef history as a series, as a as a you know graphic template, as a, as a like musical selection, as a tone, is sort of tongue in cheek. It's kind of like the right. whole point of it is kind of like look at these idiots, you know, laugh, being mad at each other and sort of like mocking the. The, like you know, sometimes it's like just like stupid masculinity and sports right. and mocking how seriously people take. It. And there's a lot of stupid stuff in Shaq and Kobe's relationship, but <laughs> because Kobe is dead, because we are talking about you know court cases and and horrible accusations and parts right. of this, and because Shaq, after Kobe's death, is in real serious mourning. It just has been. Yeah really heartbreaking to watch speak in the years since kobe's death i'm not going to do like what we usually do with beef history and so we very quickly moved away from calling it beef history from making it look like beef history and i kind of insisted with our director and our motion graphics our our art director like i want this to look and feel different it can't look and feel like beef history because it, it you know, it's not like an, a totally serious story to tell. Uh, it's like far from it in many cases. But like, I. But it's sensitive, we, right? It's sensitive and we can't be mocking mm-hmm. them. And the the other thing that is specific to this is that Shaq watches the stuff about him.
0: Oh, that's yeah. wild. Totally.
3: Every time we've done a beef history about Shaq and they, you know, they're always fun because Shaq is fun and sort of picks fights for fun. Uh-huh. He has all, more often than not has said something on Twitter or like DM somebody or whatever. And he's like he has fun with it. You know, when we do something about him and David Robinson, he 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 jokes around, he enjoys the theatrics of it. But like this is obviously different. And Mm -hmm. so in the back of my head, I cannot know or suspect that Shaq is going to catch wind of this work we did and make something where I feel like I'm gonna I'm not in the business of upsetting Shaq. I'm absolutely like this is this is just not serious. So sorry, that was too long of an answer for like No, no, that's it is it is not technically a beef history but it is absolutely the history of what some not everyone would call a beef a feud between Shaq and right. Kobe that right. that resolved that was more complicated than just two teammates hating each other it was different than that um and honestly like what i what made that decision so easy early on was realizing in reading a ton of stuff and, you know, contemporary stuff and reflections that like, they didn't initially have personal problems. They just like Shaq wanted the ball and Kobe wanted the ball. And they had very strategic disagreements. It was like a workplace dispute about how to make the product of basketball way more than it was a personality clash. And so we sort of, that's, you know, that's where the title comes from. That's where the entire premise comes from is that like they just like they both wanted to win and they disagreed about, you know, who should be the, who should be the the leader of winning and who should have the ball.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's uh, framed so well, both in that way of maybe being like a, this is a business kind of dispute, but also like you said, just in changing the tone and the maybe usual sort of like, lightheartedness with which it's with which it's treated obviously there's a tightrope walk when you're when you're dealing with a you know a player who's passed away it's uh really well done and interesting and I think it maintains the best qualities of beef history in that it's you know the deep dives the well-researched back and forth and here in both sides but while you know having having a, a seriousness that that both players deserve you know not just for Kobe's sake but like th- this was an incredible you know brief dynasty of dominance so the long form just works so well if you feel comfortable with it do you have uh any kind of spoilers or things you want to talk about down down the road as to sort of the structure of the episodes or um you just want us to to wait and see
3: (laughs) oh no i mean i feel like we've done a bad job this is my fault promoting it but like there's three parts okay uh Mm. the first two parts are out uh Part one was last Tuesday. Part two came out uh, as we're speaking, October thirty first, and then part three will come out November seventh. Okay. In total, it's what? It's like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. It's, okay. it's feature length. It's it's a bunch yeah. of words. It's like ten thousand yeah. words. <laughs> um, and it's basically chronological. I mean, in each in each part, I I wanted to sort of they they offered a very Easy narrative three part structure of like, right. hey, we just met each other and this isn't going great, but Phil Jackson fixed it. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> and then like, and then you know they win a championship. And then Kobe comes back from that summer. This is the beginning of part two. Comes back from that mm-hmm. summer and he's like, I know we won a championship, but I would like to be the one who takes all the shots when we win a championship. <laughs> yeah. And that totally re inflames the feud. Yeah. And what I found is basically that like, you know. Everyone kind of ganged up on Kobe and put him back in his place. Like Uh Shaq and Phil together were like, no, Shaq should really be the one getting the ball. And like, you know, you can have your fun in the regular season or have a game here or there. But like Shaq is the centerpiece of our offense. Right. And then they won two more titles and, you know, yay, beef is over. And then, you know, like there were headlines like that in 2003, like these guys are best of friends now. And then part two ends with in the summer of '03. Well, let's be specific here. In the spring of '03, uh-huh. Kobe was Kobe was like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm gonna exercise uh, my free agency next summer. Like I might right. actually look around a little bit. Um, you know, not only am I not gonna pick up my option, which is normal, but I, I am going to like do free agency in '04. Yeah. Pursue my option. Um, and so beginning to flex the power that he was gonna have as a you know mid-20s free agent, as opposed to Shaq, who was in his early 30s and starting to really deal with serious injuries and training issues. Uh, Kobe foresaw uh, that he would have a ton of power the following summer and that if he wanted, as it would prove to be the case he did, if he wanted to be the guy on the team, Uh And wanted to get the ball and wanted to take the most shots and wanted to win MVP and finals MVP and all that, um, which he was very, very candid about, not only privately at the time, but in public later. There's this quote from like 2017 or 2018 where uh, Rick Buecher did an oral history for Bleacher Report of the 04 Lakers. Uh And Kobe's recollection of what he was thinking at at the time is just, uh, I think I'm going to get this exactly right. It was... I'm going to show you fucks what I can do on my own. Like he very, <laughs> oh my God. very pointedly was like, I want to be the best player. on It's like the yeah. opposite of the yeah. super team approach. I would like to be removed from the super team. right? And either I'm going to go somewhere else and be the best player, or you're going to let me be the best player. And he was so powerful. He was so beloved by fans. He was so beloved by the bus family. He was such a moneymaker and such, obviously, I don't want to leave this out, such an excellent player. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in his prime, that even though, even though between saying this and achieving it the following summer, even though he was credibly accused of raping somebody, yeah. he was able to pull this off. Like he, the, the Lakers still, while Kobe was embroiled in his court case, looked at their stars and were like, sorry, Shaq, we are not paying you. We're paying Kobe. Right. Like... It, it was a long foreseen power move in pushing out everyone except for himself. Yeah, and like you know, one can wonder what if the Lakers won it all in '03? They weren't gonna, but what if uh, they won it all in '04? <laughs> that could have happened. Like right. And I, Kobe really wanted to be alone, uh, which is wild. And it's also wild that you know he went ahead and won a couple more rings as. The best player on the team, but yeah, but that is that's that's what's coming in part three is that like they have on the you know, as Kobe's court case unfolds in 03, uh, Shaq, Shaq's name comes up in that, like those things directly connect, and then there's this sort of period, there's one month, October of 2003, from training camp into the beginning of this season for the Lakers, where they are just going after each other, like. I, to to a degree, I really didn't remember as someone who was a teenager at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know we'll talk about their breakup and what it was like for them to talk about each other from a distance and the whole you know Shaq Kobe how my ass tastes thing, which is <laughs> which is it like has a lot more to it than I remembered. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: and and then them eventually making up and kind of like I think tying a tying a what I wish was like a satisfying bow on this relationship for sure. both of them mm-hmm. that like, you know, they should have had many more decades of making up, but they at the very least like talked to each other and laughed about stuff and right. Publicly resolved things. And so, you know, I, I think my conclusion here is that like their legacy is that they won a bunch of titles. The legacy isn't yes, that they hated yeah. each other. They, yes, totally. They didn't really hate each other. They just sort of needed different things from one another. And, ultimately they figured that out yeah absolutely
0: I mean it like you said it really is a testament to Kobe's just one of a kindness on the court that he could wrench away sort of like being the lifelong Laker from you know the most dominant player in the history of basketball yeah like that is kind of unbelievable it did make me think back to uh I don't I I don't know if this is a I guess a dormant, uh, secret base series of like the, if then, you know, uh, like I really was, uh, curious about like, man, what does, what does the Lakers, what, as they, you know, are composed of now kind of solidified in history, what mm-hmm. would that team have looked like if Shaq was sort of the guy that they chose to, to rally behind? Like, can Kobe get somewhere that he wants and, and get, get rings in the way, you know, the the other thing that was fascinating to me is I think you use a decent amount of their one on one interview. Uh, I'm not sure who produced that, but them just kind of sitting down years later talking to each other, and that is man, that is a fascinating piece of <laughs> piece of video to watch. But uh, yeah. the way that the way that Shaq was envious of Kobe getting two championships and he just got the one, I remember that yeah. that cracking me up.
3: Yeah, that uh, that 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 uh interview they did, I think it's twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. It's I believe a TNT production. Okay. But they called Players Only, uh, where they're sitting sitting like three inches away from each right, other. Right. And yep, yep. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. And yeah. uh Yeah, I mean that's part of I think how I got into this, like how my my way into the story was like here they are laughing and knee slapping about like Right. Physically fighting each Fights, other.
0: Fights, yeah. <laughs> Combat. Or
3: having like these massive disagreements about not disagreements but just like differences in lifestyle about like how seriously are you going to take conditioning? How seriously are you going to take like getting better at shooting and things like that? Like you could not find more two more different philosophies to basketball playing. Uh, And like, it's funny to them, not now, but it was funny to them in 2018. And it was clearly not funny to Kobe in, you know, 99 or 02 to be like, all right, here I am, I'm, you know, fairly average sized for an NBA player and I'm extremely athletic and talented. But like, I know that what I need to be the best is to work harder than everyone else. And it is very important to me that my reputation be that I worked harder than everybody else. And Shaq, it is actually, I think, important to Shaq to do the opposite. What made Shaq <laughs> yeah. what made Shaq feel cool, what made Shaq feel powerful and what made Shaq feel great is to do the opposite and say, no, look, I'm beating everybody even though I don't practice. Right. And even yeah. though I can't hit a free throw, even though I'm not in good shape, I can still crush everyone. Yeah. Like that actually <laughs> was like kind of his is like motivating purpose mm-hmm. and that's tough.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say too, like on, on to punctuate that point, one of the things that stuck out to me that kind of, it was a little bit of a, a jaw dropping moment. Cause you hear, I mean, you hear these Kobe stories uh, from time to time, but that stood out from, from episode one is that like was after winning the championship, Kobe going into the gym and doing 2000 makes a day. Like, that yeah. totally is a stat that, that I think illustrates that point, you know, yeah. more than more than any other that really blew my mind. It's freakish. Yeah.
3: Although, you you do the math on that one, like, no, you fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. That is yeah, true. That is <laughs> true. Like, that's like, a, like 12 hours a day of shooting or I something. Couldn't, I couldn't include this because I couldn't, like, find the original source and, like, be 100% that it was real and legit. Uh-huh. But I, but I know it is. There's this uh, forum post I found from 2003 that like block quotes an entire article. And so I couldn't find the original article and I'm oh, not gonna gotcha. publish something like that. But anyway, it's an article of quotes of, I think it's Glenn Rice gets interviewed and Ray Allen and maybe one other person uh, right after Kobe made that. So yeah, he claimed in the summer of 2000 that he made 2000 shots a day, not took, but made right. 2000 mm-hmm. shots a day. And they asked. Ray Allen and Glenn Rice, and they were both like, no, he didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, no, he didn't. And yeah. second of all, like, you you don't need to do that. That's too many shots. Right. But that's that's his whole thing. You know, like that is what he, he wanted his reputation to be. Yes. And like everyone has real life Kobe stories that are that unbelievable of like, oh, I like went to the gym at five in the morning and Kobe was there, you know, in, in a full sweat. Yeah. Uh, that like 2000 makes a day, like maybe, I don't know. If anyone could do it, it would be him. But True. yeah, that was the first championship of his life. He was what, like 20, 21 years old. And he, he postponed his own wedding and like skipped the olympics it's and like failed on like this like trip he was going to do because he was like you know what i think i want to be the best player on the lakers
0: yeah yeah truly amazing i think i think there's there's a little bit almost of a misconception that sort of like kobe just lets his game do the talking and Shaq is this media persona and has all these you know people who will kind of in his circle that he can always get an article out if he wants to kind of poke or prod but there is there is a good amount and i think the the series definitely demonstrates this kobe does let his talking do the talking as well like i think he he does get off a little bit on the well i don't have to create a narrative i just like play the game it's like well i mean if you can get someone to credulously print that you put 2000 makes in a day <laughs> like that's that's a manufactured image that he's creating and i i think he can You know, to some extent, he can back up all his claims of dedication and like practicing and playing like a like a freak of nature. But, but it is you know there's there's a media savvy to both of them that I think only Shaq kind
3: of gets credit or criticism for. I just think Kobe didn't really nail that. Like, didn't figure out who who he wanted to be in the media until until after his rape accusation.
0: I think Mm -hmm. like.
3: I've talked about this a little in the third part, the third part, but like he came out of that and he was, you know, the, the, the uh, case was dismissed before it went to trial. He settled a civil suit and he, but he had lost some endorsements, basically everything except for Nike. And it's as if he and Nike sat down and said like, why don't we like, let's make the fact that Kobe is this like alienating presence that has like a damaged reputation like let's make that his brand yeah lean like that the it. whole like black mamba thing and like the the sort of increased celebration of the fact that he was so such like a hustler and so single-minded and you know even like kind of a villain uh, that all happened after Shaq left and after after the the case was resolved And, like, it didn't really hit a fever pitch until he kept winning and won some more rings. But, like, before that, yeah, like, he didn't really, it seems like, uh, know how he wanted to be perceived in the media. And he would kind of, like, joke around with Shaq or, like, about Shaq sometimes. And then when he really wanted to be mean, he would, like, go do an exclusive and, like, really go after him. Whereas, like, yeah, Shaq is sort of just, like, plays the media like a fiddle all day every day and just talks endlessly.
0: Definitely, yeah. So it's different uh, effectiveness in the way that they they handle the media, especially in the early days. That's that's interesting to mm-hmm. again watch in this series, just see it play out chronologically and go like, okay, one guy is sort of crafting his image better or in a way more that he likes, and, and is kind of winning over more people. I think I think one of the most interesting pieces of this part in the Lakers history is Phil Jackson's role as you know i was sort of the michael jordan whisperer i i got a, a sort of kobe like player who wants the ball 100 percent of the time i got him to to the extent that he can buy into a selfless triangle offense and manage the sort of ego of arguably the greatest player of all time i think it's really interesting to see his role in in dealing with two of those kind of egos instead of, instead of one. And you can, obviously you can argue Scotty Pippen's like the second best player in basketball at that time, but, Mm -hmm. but definitely did not have the dynamic that a Shaq and Kobe has. And I think, you know, if you look at the last dance came out during the beginning of COVID and everyone just ate that up, it, there was a lot of Phil hagiography of like, look at this guy who crafted this and managed these big relationships. And I think he just does such a, in my opinion like an overall pretty bad job of dealing with these two guys in in sort of siding with Shaq early on in in writing books about it after the fact like maybe the most recent piece of media that features Phil Jackson seems so sort of worshiping of him how did you kind of handle or perceive his his role in this in this kind of Shaq Kobe feud
3: both of the guys definitely credited Phil a lot after the first championship uh-huh. both guys both Kobe and Shaq and you know again like Kobe at that point was uh, 22 or something so that's that's very different Kobe than the one we came to know but like right. Kobe and Shaq both said Phil helped us figure it out um but yeah like you said Phil Phil figuring it out meant Phil siding with Shaq and right. It, I think siding with Shaq from The Sound of Things um, based on Jeff Perlman's book, which is really the most recent thing that covered this, based on Phil's own books, based on the Roland Lazenby book, like Phil, Phil sided with Shaq in that he talked to him more. Like he was more critical mm-hmm. of Shaq. Right. He was more coddling to Shaq. He just gave more attention, positive and negative to Shaq. Um, he let other people deal with Kobe from The Sound of Things. Right. Um, but, but both Shaq and Kobe felt like, oh, Phil was the difference for the first championship. Uh-huh. And after that, yeah, I, I he, he was, he was pretty horrible to Kobe and, yeah. he, and Kobe yeah. was pretty horrible to him in return. Um, but Kobe is a player who's in his early twenties and Phil Jackson is one of the greatest coaches ever. And right. there's an obvious, well, I'm going to say there's a power imbalance. That power imbalance eventually favored Kobe. Um, but there is an authority imbalance there and yeah. Phil dealt with that by, I mean, listen, like I am not alone here in being a Knicks fan and we know what it's like to have a team be coached by Phil Jackson <laughs> yeah. and have him be leaking like a fucking sieve about the players on his own team. Right. And, and just talking shit in the media and picking on people. Um. And like he, <laughs> he dealt with Kobe quote unquote, you know, toward the end of their first stint together by like going on television and talking about a guy who in, let me get my year right here, in 01 was like, had stopped talking to his family because his family all like disapproved of his fiance. Like Kobe was in bad shape and Phil, and then uh, messed up his ankle and missed a bunch of basketball. And Phil was on TV making fun of him.
0: Yeah, just gasoline on the fire.
3: And so, like, maybe I'm not, you know, as an expert as at seven-dimensional chess as Phil is, <laughs> and that was actually the perfect emotional manipulation required to get the best out of the Lakers. But, like, I don't know. That just seems like he was an asshole for yeah, a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, that that's another relationship that ended up fine. And, right, And that's right. great. I'm glad it did. Um, but, yes, I would agree that, like, it seems like for parts of that dynasty the lakers not that the lakers won in spite of phil but that Shaq and kobe figured it out in spite of phil right uh and that phil is among the reasons that things unraveled the way they did definitely i think he he deserves as much of the blame for what happened in 04 as the other two guys do
0: yeah i i remember um again i guess after the last dance and covid just starting to dive into his, you know, 11 rings and some of his sacred hoops and things like that. And then I got to uh what was it? The last season, is that what it was called? The the one where yep, he really yep. talks about the 04 losing to the Pistons. And I just it felt like tabloid smut. Like it it really was kind of disappointing to a to me for a guy that I was starting to probably, you know, idolize too much or give too much credit for whatever it might have been good to good to have that in hindsight just to taper off my perception of him but <laughs> but gosh he yeah he just it i don't know if it was cynical or like craven or like you said maybe deep in his mind he just thinks well yeah you can be an asshole if that's what it takes to motivate someone like very very
3: bizarre i think he's a messy dude sure i think he's a messy dude yeah. i'm phil jackson like I think he continues to prove this in his posts. Like you know, now now that he's out of the NBA, it seems like every six months or so he hops on Twitter or like does an interview and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm an asshole." Yeah. Just so you guys all remember, like I am the protagonist of the world, (laughs) and here's my opinion about you know all those young black NBA players. Like he's he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. (laughs) And his his uh... nasty dude
1: the specter of his hand is always kind of puppet mastering over the Lakers. Like no yeah. matter what uh, you just feel it and you hear he really it
3: really likes, really likes to be the center of the attention center of attention. And he is perfectly happy for that to be him saying completely inappropriate stuff.
0: Yeah. It's a tough, yeah. As years go on and kind of, he's removed from his sort of legacy and association with those teams and more is just like this old guy saying awful things. It's, mm-hmm. it's a tough, tough way to end his sort of, I don't know, <laughs> legacy career. Well, um, I, I just, uh, I w- want to plug it again, how to make a basket, uh, really, really exciting. And I don't know, just interesting. Can't, can't wait for each week when the next one comes out. You got anything you want to plug besides besides that? We can try to link to the to the YouTube channel. And-
3: uh, no, that's basically the main thing I got going right now. Very cool. Uh- I I appreciate the chance to talk about it and appreciate you guys watching it. Yeah. Uh, I hope other people see it and enjoy it and uh, are nice to me about it.
1: (laughs) And we'll, we'll have you, uh, we'll have you and Shaq back on for the, uh, for the post wrap, you know, opinion debate. Yeah, You got to let us know if you get a, if you get a
0: DM from him. I'm I'm very curious.
3: I'm afraid of two things right now, Shaq and, Shaq himself, and then Kobe's fans, yeah, are the two people I that think. is fair. Yeah. yeah,
0: that is definitely fair. All right, well, Seth, thanks again for coming coming back on the show. We appreciate you.
3: Thanks a lot for having me.